Good evening, everyone. I'm Sandra Fulton. And I'm Joe Torres. We begin with the breaking news about Hillary Clinton's death. This is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you live from the seaside town of Edmonds, Washington, where I was awakened by two of my friends alerting me to the possibility of video hoaxery going on. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And whether I'm the body double of Andrew Hoffman or the real thing, you'll never know. From Hood River, Oregon, I'm Andrew Hoffman. I like it. I like it. I made up hoaxery. You like that? It's a good word. Hoaxery. Hoaxery. So. All right. Well, first of all, before we start the show. Before we start. People shouldn't even be listening to this podcast if you haven't listened to the Corbett Report's new podcast on the 9-11 suspects. Oh, well, that's good. Well, Son of a gun, I guess. I, can I do the podcast? I haven't heard it yet. <laughs> you can do the podcast, can but then the go podcast, listen. To then, it, okay, so. I'll do it immediately after. So I've, I, I haven't even finished it, but, you know, a new Corbett Report podcast, always worth listening to. The last one he put out was on September 11th of last year. Was, so. it, the, was it the oil one? Uh, nine eleven trillions, I think. Ah, gotcha, gotcha. So I, I don't believe I was looking. I don't believe. I think there is a video series for the nine eleven suspects. I'm not sure if he. There's probably a documentary as well. I didn't see it on his website, but um, so if you like watching video, there's probably a video as well, too. But videos uh, for schmucks. Who does video? Anyway, excellent, uh, excellent podcast. Um, as always, from. From the Babe Ruth of podcasting. So, Tim, you are officially probably the uh, one of the, about ten people in America not to have seen the Hillary collapsing video until about two minutes ago. <laughs> it's, it's true. I don't, I'm not sure how I managed to, to uh, do this. I think uh, mission accomplished. My my media. Fast, <laughs> even though I wasn't even trying to fast, I was just just caught up in my life. Hey, it's cool, you know. You get caught up in your life doing your stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. but anyway, so Hillary Hillary Clinton. Um, I'll, I'll try to do a timeline, and this is you know kind of off the top of my head. So if there's some inaccuracies, forgive me out there, people. But. Uh, Hillary Clinton goes to September 11th Memorial event in New York. Um, Hillary Clinton leaves early. Um, There's stories posted that people who were nearby saw her have some sort of medical episode and it looked like she collapsed. Her campaign said, oh, she got overheated. She didn't feel well. And um, so she was taken to 
uh, Chelsea Clinton's apartment. And uh, then later in the day, um, she comes walking out of Chelsea Clinton's apartment, waves, goes and hugs a little girl for a photo op and says, oh, it's a beautiful day in New York. I feel great. Okay. Well, it turns out that it wasn't just a crazy conspiracy theory or, or rumor that she had collapsed. Someone had gotten it on video. So then the video started making the rounds. And uh, I guess the Clinton campaign decided it was too much. Um, <laughs> you know, even though Hillary Clinton did say, I know there's a lot of smoke, but there's no fire. But uh, I guess they decided they couldn't deny the full-on video. So they said, okay, she's sick, she has pneumonia, and she's going to take a couple days off her campaign. couple problems. Uh, if you're sick and you have pneumonia, should you be going out and hugging random little girls on the street? No. Is that a polite thing to do? No. Uh, also, she's been saying it's all a crazy conspiracy theory. She's fine. She's only allergic to Donald Trump. You know, ha ha ha. She's opening jars of pickles, yada yada. So she's got... She's got problems with can, this. Can I intercede, interject yeah. this moment? I mean, I, obviously you're yep. you're leading, so that, that you're leading the, the yeah you're background. leading the timeline, but I, and I want to keep going with this. But have you ever had pneumonia? No, I have. Not out hugging people or doing anything really. Right, <laughs> it's not awesome. I think I had the highest fever I've ever had. I can't remember. It was a high number. It was like 104, 105. It's really high, but it's like not a lot of things was. I mean, you you can't. You may be able to put, be able to put on a you know the, a good face and try, but you will look horrible, right? Anyway, and she um, she did look horrible, um, right? A week, you ago, know, in the, the collapse video, yeah, the the coughing, but her walking, like even her before she collapses, um, and they have to you know throw her in the van. Um, she can barely shuffle along. Then all of a sudden, a few hours later, just walking tall. Um, so now, next uh, conspiracy element. So, and we, we've talked about this on the show before. So what the Clintons do is uh, their approach to you know crisis management and PR when it comes to scandals what do they do, Tim? They make a distraction. They basically, there's a, a really bad scandal about to come out, and they find something that's not quite as serious, but that's going to be attention grabbing, and they put that into the news. For instance, Monica Lewinsky, instead of what was going on on selling missile secrets to the Chinese. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um. And what they'll also do, and th this is more of a, a general propaganda technique too and we talked about this back with the supposed killing of bin laden is you don't just put out one fake story you put out lots of fake stories so then you then people have to you know battle through many fake stories uh, like oh yeah the original one's not true but this one's true but no that one's not true either but this one is so uh what the new thing on uh, social media is, is um, Hillary Clinton body double. 
And the, um, the evidence that's shown for this is um, the miracle recovery from the pneumonia. Out walking around, looks great. Oh, uh, she looks, uh, this is what's cited. Uh, she looks about 30 pounds lighter. This is, you know, five hours later. She's wearing a different wedding ring. Uh, she carries a purse with the wrong hand. And her fingers are different lengths than they normally are. Okay. Um, and people have even identified the woman who um, has actually been a well-known Hillary Clinton uh, impersonator. Like that's her job is she impersonates Hillary Clinton. And uh, this lady's name is Teresa Fowler. Fowler. Anyway, it's it's out there. Uh or no, I'm saying her name wrong. I think it's Teresa something. So um, there's a, a radio show um, called True News, and they actually interviewed yours truly back in the day. Yeah. But I, I get their um, I get their updates on on Facebook, and so they they called this lady up and they said, "Hey, you know, everyone's saying you were Hillary Clinton body double." Um, was that you? And she says, no, no, I'm in California, <laughs> which is interesting because that's where Hillary Clinton was supposed to be heading. But anyway, she says, no, that's not the sort of work I do. I don't even think they do hire anyone for that sort of thing. But if it, if they do, it wasn't me. Probably a smart move on her part. Um, but on Sunday, she posted a picture to her Twitter account just showing the outside of Hillary Clinton's apartment. And it said, or am I in New York? Question mark. <laughs> okay. So for someone who doesn't want people thinking, uh, you know, she's Teresa she's Barnwell, out. Teresa Barnwell. Yes. Um, so, you know, make of that what you will. Then there's also this thing, a piece of metal falling out from Hillary's pant leg. What is that? Uh, so I think there, there could be multiple things going on. I think some of this could be uh, distraction. Like, okay, they're going to be talking about this, so let's let them debate whether or not Hillary has a body double because fewer people are going to believe that than Hillary Clinton has health problems. Hmm. But I won't totally discount the idea that she does have a body double. Sure. This I, this would not be the first time that, you know, a famous politician has had a body double. Um, <laughs> so th then there was a uh, Saddam Hussein local... was known to have body doubles. Yeah, he had many. Saddam and... Hussein had like six people and they would travel. I don't know if it was six. It was more like three or more. And no, there were, were lot, yeah, there were they, lots of Saddam Husseins. And they would travel in motorcades just like his and uh, go all around, you know, Iraq and whatever. And, uh, the, the, you know, basically, I think it was pretty successful in keeping away, uh, you know, the, the prying eyes of the CIA and the military because you never knew which one was the real Saddam. Yeah, and you wonder if they killed the real one. Oh, yeah, we know it's the real one. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well. Um. We've got this farm in Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, you know, no real motivation for him to 
keep him alive, really. But there's a few Nazis there. You'll like <laughs> say hello to Adolf for us there. <laughs> um. Oh, there's there's one other thing. Okay, uh, local news station in New York. Um, guy pulls a full Ron Burgundy. He's just reading off the teleprompter. Awesome. What have what do you say? And he says, uh, and the video from yesterday, uh, we'll be back shortly with more on Hillary Clinton's death. <laughs> just straight face, not, you know. Um, so InfoWars called up the TV station and said, uh, what's up with that? What's up with someone saying Hillary Clinton's death? And they said, ah, we made a mistake. And, well, what happened? Did he just make it up or what like no he just read it off the teleprompter and it's like well who put it on the teleprompter oh i don't know i wasn't working that day we're sorry it's a mis- it was a mistake so you know obviously she's not dead you know make of it what you will there's um matt drudge is is uh <laughs> i heard an interview with him a while back it and he says the American people would elect Hillary Clinton's um, bodiless head in a jar as president. <laughs> <laughs> and what that's a reference to is actually a C.S. Lewis novel. I don't know. He probably knows what it's a reference to. but um, And that's who runs everything is this disembodied head, disembodied brain in a vat of liquid. And that's in the... the- book that you gave me that yeah. I, I have not read what is the name of this book uh i believe it's that hideous strength that's right so, yeah so so yes and the the um disembodied head is then a basically a conduit for uh for demons basically so but um anyway which you know like i said i don't think I think the the demons are uh, struggling to keep Hillary up and and moving around for a few more months, but we'll see. And I mean that's that's mainstream. That's like there's Reddit memes of like remember the Men in Black guy that was made out of bugs, right? There's you know there's memes on Reddit showing Hillary is like that's the that's who Hillary really is. Plus she makes a lot of weird comments like you know that proves I'm human and. Uh, it was an error. I had a mal- a system malfunction or whatever the heck she said. I or she said, uh, um, I short-circuited it. I short-circuited on that. <laughs> she, she, I mean, she writes this stuff herself. Um, there's a couple things that I would immediately point out as far as, you know, just learning about a lot of this stuff in the last few minutes. Um, she won't do a press conference. She cannot do an impromptu anything. Everything she does is totally scripted. Well, I she tried, I don't understand she tried why to this do, is a bigger deal. Isn't a bigger deal than it is. It it was becoming a big deal, and she did kind of a fake co- press conference on her plane. So the only press there was the ones that don't want to get kicked off the fancy plane flying around with her. Um, and then she had a giant coughing fit, so it didn't didn't go so well. Right, and the only other time she did it before that, the press conference, or it wasn't even a press conference. It was just like a right. a conversation style. Thing, and she was asked a question about black people and she or you know 
yeah, what was your so, most meaningful conversation with a black person? <laughs> and it was like this softball question. I had so many black friends. And she, she <laughs> proceeded to completely mess it up. And that's oh, also, all of them. And that's also yeah. when she said that proves I'm human, which is a very strange thing to say. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. So, um, play this video, oh, Tim. She called her husband instead of Barack Obama. She referred to Barack Obama as her husband. No, Donald Trump. Oh, that's right. My husband. I mean, Donald and I have a lot of disagreement. <laughs> like, what the? <laughs> uh, uh, play Dems want Hillary to step aside and get another candidate. So this is on NPR's Morning Edition and with their contributor, Cokie Roberts, who's been around forever. Oh, I haven't seen her now, in forever. As she does most Mondays, is commentator and columnist Cokie Roberts. Cokie, good morning. Hi, David. And with me in the studio this morning is Molly Hemingway. She's a senior editor with the conservative news site The Federalist. Uh, Molly, welcome to the program. Good morning. Cokie, let me start with you. Um, the, the medical event that we saw from Hillary Clinton, how, is, how are Democrats responding to this right now? Well, people are angry at the lack of transparency. It was hours before the pneumonia diagnosis was revealed after seeing this incredibly damaging video of her being helped and stumbling into a van. And look, there's a reason why the campaign's not uh, transparent. Uh, obviously, it gives Trump ammunition. And he's been setting her up for this for months. I mean, back in January, he started saying that she didn't have the strength and stamina to be president. And, and he knew at some point in the campaign schedule that uh, she, like all candidates, would get exhausted. Um, but the fact that it comes now, uh, when the polls are tight, and Democrats were already saying that Hillary was the only candidate who could not beat Trump. And it's taking her off of the campaign trail, canceling her trip to California yeah, today. today. Yeah, Right. It has them very nervously beginning to whisper about uh, find, having her step aside and finding another candidate. That is no small thing to say. I mean, is, is, no, that, a, is exactly. that a real thing or is this just no, some, some nerves after a weekend I, of... I think it's unlikely to be a real thing. And uh, I'm sure it's a, an overreaction of an already skittish party. Um, but, you know, they have looked at what happens in that circumstance. And the Democratic National Committee chair convenes the committee and they vote. Um, now, ironically, the candidate that, that everybody looks at is Joe Biden, who, of course, is older uh, than Hillary Clinton. But then again, so is Donald Trump. And by the way, we know nothing about his health. But I, I guess important to say though, that there is no indication. I mean, that the Clinton campaign has said that she is fine and, I mean, is going to resume her schedule. And, Absolutely. I mean, okay. and, and, and that is happening, uh, we assume. But 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 there is enough unhappiness that this kind of sotto voce stuff is going on. So, Cokie Roberts, not exactly a uh, right-wing, no, a, a member of the alt-right, no. <laughs> saying they're uh, whispering about, what do we, what do we do to replace Hillary? Um, so, you know, man, that would, wouldn't that get people's attention though, that aren't excited about Hillary and Donald Trump really, you could throw almost any other Democrat in there and there's a percentage of the, you know, cause and people, people are so polarized to really hate, really hate. So if there's someone like you didn't know that much about and hadn't worked up the proper amount of hate uh, at this point, they would probably be pretty successful. Yeah. They say Joe Biden. I, 
I still think um, the the perfect candidate, and I'm stealing this from John C. Dvorak, would be Elizabeth Warren. And, it, and it, I think that's true. And it, I, I because I, she I agree she would 100%. get she gets the the women voters, yep. right? Yep. The we want a first woman president. She's gonna. And Pick not just women voters, from, people who just want to see a woman president, not just women yeah, voters. Correct. Right. So um, the the voters who are voting because Hillary is a woman. The same ones who voted because Barack Obama's black. Yeah. So but she would also get the Bernie people. Yeah, she would. And that's the that's the interesting part about the whole theory is she's actually a decent speaker. She has a lot of uh, similar thoughts and views that many millennials do. And a lot of the young people. So the Bernie crowd would easily hop on Elizabeth Warren's train if she was to, if it was to leave the station, so to speak. But it, and uh, she's also a total fraud and a liar. Okay. You know, um, the whole Pocahontas thing. Please tell me. <laughs> see, I don't. I, we constantly joke about that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit something right now. I don't know why she's called Pocahontas. Can you? So regale she, us? I'm she sure was listed out there. She she applied for a teaching job at Harvard mm-hmm. as a minority. Oh, okay. and listed herself as Native American. Ah, uh, and that's how she got the job. And there's zero evidence that she is at all Native American. So yes. Quite likely, she would not have gotten hired because of the, you know, reverse demis- the reverse uh, discrimination that exists in higher education. I mean, you know, whether scholarships or oh, academic yeah. positions or what what have you, you don't want to be white. No, I know. Okay? Of, I know of someone who got a scholar- in on a scholarship basically because they were. I mean, it was the smallest amount too. I think it was like a sixteenth Native American, and it was provable, and that's how they got the scholarship. So she may or may not be uh, one thirty seconds Native American, <laughs> but there, there's no evidence. Like it's just like that. You can't really disprove that far out, but you know, up to that point, she's lying about it. So, um, and she had tried to present it like it was a, a part of her upbringing and stuff, which was totally bogus. So, um. But so she, she, ha- I'm sure, like all of them, she's got plenty of dirt. But there's only 60 days. And let's say this drags out another two weeks or, you know, even a month, and they s- slide her in there a month before the election. So there's, you know, there's not enough time for everyone to, to find out all the problems with her that there would be in a, a. She didn't even go through the primary. She'd win in a landslide. She, I, th- I think she would win in a landslide. I think, I think if they slide her out right now, she'd win in a landslide. There's not even, I mean, it's be a done deal. And they, um, yeah, and they they keep saying Joe Biden, which Joe Biden makes no sense. Well, and Joe, can we just talk about this? They said in the video you just watched or we just played, they said, well, Joe Biden, it's fun. It's funny because he's older and that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, can I just say something? I'm not a Joe Biden apologist. I don't like the guy. I think he's hilariously awkward and strange most of the time, downright creepy other times. But, like, Joe's going for a while. I feel like Joe's got another good 10 years in him. I mean, he's right. He's yeah. very cognizant. He seems very sharp. Seems extremely creepy. I wouldn't want to be a woman in his close <laughs> proximity. But I think he's going to go for a while. So, yeah. But Joe has no charisma. And... 
Maybe it is Joe, though, because I remember, there, did you see him on Colbert? I can't stand the new Colbert show. But when he was on there, they just kept, basically, it was just like 20 minutes of Colbert trying to say, are you or aren't you running? Are you or aren't you running? Are you or aren't you running? He just never answered the question. Well, I'll tell you what I am doing. Oh, God. Right, yeah. Uh, what about Gary Johnson? Now, I know you and I are not. Uh, I know. I know he's not a libertarian in many different and ways, I, but there and are there's so he's many gaining people, traction though. I feel like because yeah. it's so insane. Where I'm like, hey, people, where were you for libertarians like ever oh, before oh. now? But he he has um, the Libertarian Party is officially not libertarian. If that's going to be your candidate. Okay, so there was the forced vaccinations. What was your other example of him not being libertarian? Uh, I think he carbon taxes is a good idea to fight uh, global warming. <laughs> forgot about he, the carbon tax. He also got really upset when someone used the term illegal immigrant. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, but he's he he wants to end the drug war. Um, he did you hear his Aleppo gaffe? Yes. The question was asked the, poorly. What is though. an Aleppo? <laughs> the question was asked poorly, though. There was no context. It was just like, what do you want to do about Aleppo? Right. Oh, yeah. It was a gotcha question. Is but it, he, he shouldn't have – he should have been able to identify Aleppo. I <laughs> know. I mean, I, I knew the moment it was asked that that's what the question was about. And, of course, he said, what is an Aleppo, which is not going to help him at all. <laughs> but I, I think people are so desperate. They're willing to overlook a lot of Gary Johnson's Yeah, uh, He's – yeah, I th- I think the I've talked to a couple of different people who I, have brought Gary Johnson up independently of me talking to him. I didn't even mention it. Right. No, I've I've seen uh, pastors of local churches pushing Gary Johnson. It's like really okay. Well, I mean, of the three, he's probably the best. Uh, no, I, no. You take Trump. I'd take Trump. <laughs> Tr- I'd Trump over Johnson. <laughs> is that a is that a, a rated R feature film or <laughs> maybe even a uh, little bit more of a different rating? So we're we're slightly transitioning here. Okay. Um, and I'll give you a head start to pull this video up. Okay. So this is from uh, 9-11-2001, the actual. Day of 9-11. Okay. Donald Trump calls into WWOR UPN 9 News on 9-11. Awesome. Okay, so when you pull the video up, go to the five-minute mark. Got it. Like, calling, because he says, I look out my window and I see the Twin Towers, and I was in here having a meeting, and big explosion, um, and then, you know, the most interesting part is the part that will play for you. Uh, but early in there, he says, ah, oh, and I thought, oh, Larry Silverstein, is he, he just bought that building and took possession of it a week ago. I wonder if he's in there. And I, so I just got off the phone with him. He's all right. He wasn't in there. <laughs> um, lucky Larry Silverstein. So yeah, he was, he was going to move his offices in the next week. Uh-huh. Um, so, and of course, Donald Trump calls him a, a great builder and or a great building owner, which how do you how are you a great building owner? But um, and and a friend of course because 
for Donald Trump, everyone's a friend. And a friend. He's a close friend. In, including the president of Mexico. I call you a friend. I call you a friend. <laughs> so, um, all right. That's enough. Uh, but what what has Donald Trump actually done? What is he known for? Donald Trump has built casinos. And? Uh, real estate. And yeah, his and, show about getting fired. Yes. But he he's a builder. He's right? a builder, yes. So if someone... Uh, if you're going to ask someone about uh, this giant building collapsing, um, maybe Donald Trump would have an opinion. So here we go. Okay. And, and, and you know, they don't know. They have no idea. But uh, I have somebody that was down there who witnessed at least 10 people jumping out of the building from 70 and 80 stories up in the air. I mean, you probably have 25 or 30,000 is the number I've heard, but I would think would be much more than that. I think the most of the damage will be caused not by even in the building in terms of the people dead, but by the people on the streets from falling debris. Donald, you're probably the best known builder, uh, particularly of, of, of great buildings in the city. There's a great deal of question about whether or not the damage and, and the ultimate destruction of the buildings was caused by the airplanes, by architectural defect, or possibly by bombs or, or aftershocks. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, it was an architectural defect. You know, the World Trade Center was always known as a very, very strong building. Don't forget, that took a big bomb in the basement. Now, the basement is the most vulnerable place because that's your foundation. And it withstood that. And I got to see that area about three or four days after it took place because one of my structural engineers actually took me for a tour because he did the building. And I said, I can't believe it. The building was standing solid and half of the columns were blown out. I mean, so this was an unbelievably powerful building. Uh, if you know anything about structure, it was one of the first buildings that was built from the outside. The steel, the reason the World Trade Center had such narrow windows is that in between all the windows, you had the steel on the outside. So you had the steel on the outside of the building. That's why when I first looked, and you had big, heavy I-beams. When I first looked at it, I couldn't believe it because there was a hole in the steel. And this is steel that was, you remember the, the width of the windows in the World Trade Center, folks. I think, you you know, if you were ever up there, they were quite narrow. And in between was this heavy steel. I said, how could a plane, even a plane, even a 767 or 747 or whatever it might have been, how could it possibly go through the steel? I happen to think that they had not only a plane, but they had bombs that exploded almost simultaneously. Because I just can't imagine anything being able to go through that wall. Most buildings are built with the steelers on the inside around the elevator shaft. This one was built from the outside, which is the strongest structure you can have. And it was almost just like a, uh, like a can of soup. You know, Donald, we were looking at pictures all morning long of that plane coming into uh, building number two. And when you see that, all right, that's uh, good. approach the, the far... Interesting. <laughs> so I think Donald Trump has known... Since day one, the official story is bogus. Okay. Okay. And um, and I think because he, you know, I mean, he says it there. He's like, no, it's not an architect. It, it's a strong building. There's no way that happened. It's unbelievable. Like there had to have been bombs. Okay. So, and then he... Um, the only place he's got 9-11 truth is like, oh, they knew it was going to happen type stuff. Um, I don't know. Very interesting. I think he, uh, you know, it's still the political third rail to fully go there. 
Um, but I think I think he knows the nine eleven story is bogus. I like it. I like it. Mary, maybe Lucky Larry Silverstein's like, yeah, Donald, watch this insurance collection I'm going to get. Blew that sucker up. But <laughs> I just got off the phone with Larry. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I I thought that was interesting. I'd never heard that before. I decided the best solution at this point in time would be to you know save. You know, continued loss of life was just to go ahead and pull it. Just pull it. Just pull it. Yeah. And, you know, Larry Silverstein was right. There were, you know, multiple terror attacks on that day. (laughs) But it wasn't just the planes hitting the buildings. Um, And in uh, James Corbett's uh, podcast, he goes through. some of the suspects he talks about, Rudy Giuliani, um, you know, all the stuff he said, and then, oh, no, I never said that. Um, and then, you know, the air quality stuff, Christine Todd Whitman. Anyway, very good. Go listen to it. CorbettReport.com, uh, and uh, if you don't put it there, if it's not there, or you can't find that, or you just want to click on the show, if you go to our show, I'll put a link to that video in the show notes, or that podcast slash video in the show notes. All right. Where do you want to go, Tim? You got anything you've... Well, I think you got another pretty interesting one in here, and that's Bernie Sanders. All right. So, let's... This came out on September 9th. Uh, Julian Assange confirms that Sanders was threatened. Um, We've heard about this happening in other presidential races. Ross Perot um, said, because he had a very successful third-party run and then pulled out and he said, yeah, they told me they'd kill my family. So... um, Julian Assange has confirmed that Bernie Sanders was threatened into pulling out of the Democratic race in July. Uh, and I'm sure there was some there was some carrot and some sticks. The carrot was, you know, this nice new beach house, four hundred thousand dollar beach house he just got, and he he's going to start this, uh, you know, nonprofit organization for promoting it for this lobbying organization and to promote keep socialist ideals. What we started. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, with uh, John Pilger, um, Pilger is working on a documentary about Assange. Asked Julian, we cut you off earlier when you were talking about what you felt were the most significant emails that you have released. Is there any last one you'd like to mention? And also, do you have any thoughts on Bernie Sanders? What's your opinion on why Bernie Sanders had to drop out of the race? Assange responded, Look, I think, you know, we know how politics works in the United States. What, Whoever, whatever political party gets into government is going to merge with the bureaucracy pretty fast. It will be in a position where it has some levers in its hand. And Bernie Sanders was an independent candidate trying to get the nomination through the Democratic Party. And if you ask me, he did get the nomination, um, but he was threatened to drop out. So... Look for uh, more emails on that front. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. Uh, I feel like Bernie, Bernie won. I mean, I feel like Trump won. 
Well, they, I think it was uh, Stanford did the analysis of uh, paper trail voting states versus non-paper trail voting states mm-hmm. in the Democratic primary. And um, the ones uh, with the paper trail, Bernie Sanders won. It was fairly close. Um, but he won. And in the non-paper trail states, Hillary Clinton won by like 20%. Wow. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. So you could say, ah, oh, coincidence, but that's a, a pretty high statistical um, unlikelihood, I guess you could say. Yeah. Uh, random uh, vigilant citizen story about Stranger Things. You talked about Stranger Things on... I thought it was a good show. Um, and where is my... Yeah, so I read this article. I was not impressed. I thought it didn't... Uh, I mean, let's see. Continuously opposing the truth or fiction. To... Well, I mean, I haven't seen Stranger Things. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but you weren't buying it, having seen the the show. Yeah, I just I thought there was going to be more to it than this, and it was Vigilant Citizen, which I usually enjoy. But it just like it starts talking about the Department of Energy, and I think it's the Department of Energy, and the original title was Manitowoc, Manitowoc, New York. For those who don't know, is it is the center for CIA mind control? So they're saying that it was Montauk, yes, yeah. or yeah, Montauk. A little bit of. Uh, What's that? That's a, a how to make a murder or making a murder uh, relapse right then. Inside National Laboratory, phone calls made by citizens are being monitored. Yeah, I mean, I thought I, I felt like this. He didn't really break anything down for me. It was like it was quite obvious that they were like talking, you know, bringing out MK Ultra, and I guess I don't know. I felt like I don't know. The article just didn't. It just didn't do much for me. All right. Um, it did say, yeah, in the series, the Demogorgon represents the satanic elite that feeds on the blood of innocents, abducting children and using them to gain power. At one point, Brenner, the MK Ultra, says has a significant phrase: six, six, six people have been taken this week. Although this appears random, Banner does repeat the word six several times, and he just goes on to say that he thought a lot of it was a reference to. The Illuminati and, and, t- and taking of children and stuff like that. I don't. I think on a seriously deeper level, there may be some uh, strange, like magic alliteration, real magic, like Alistair, Aliester Crowley. But I, I think that that it was almost open that that was part of what was happening, um, hmm. and so it didn't. It, it's like it didn't. Well, I. My impression from the article was that, um, the, you know, the vigilant citizen, whoever that is, um, was in favor of the show or like saying, which you usually most of the stuff that's broken down is like, it's just Illuminati, it's Illuminati, blah, blah, blah. But this was more of like a, favorable review i guess you could say but yeah and i felt like some of that yeah yeah i mean it's an interesting show i'd love to i'd love to get somehow get dr future to watch all eight or nine episodes and then, <laughs> and then have a like interview him on a podcast and talk about it because it's just it's so up his alley it's not even funny yeah <laughs> but the fact that i can't 
get him to stream anything. <laughs> you know what oh, my well. favorite Dr. Future quote is, don't you? <laughs> There's a lot of them. What is it? Uh, eating at Arby's without a coupon is like burning a pile of money. <laughs> oh man um what else do we got here abolish cash tell me about this andrew did all the work i've been busy as heck i didn't even know if i could do a show this week because i didn't have time i didn't even watch the the clinton videos or any of that stuff but he is has one child already there Another one on the way at any moment, and he still put all these all these episodes or all these stories in the folder so we could get this episode out. So Andrew, yeah. continue to take us on our tour here. Well, this was, uh, yeah, last week. Um, so the the Fed is still saying, oh yeah, you know, we're probably gonna have to raise interest rates. Um, Peter Schiff and other. Uh, kind of Austrian school people are saying the economy is about to collapse. Well, they're saying that the, <laughs> the Fed is out of bullets. They're not going to raise rates. Right. They can't raise rates. The only thing that they're more likely to go with it, negative interest rates than to raise rates. So um, this paper out of the Kansas City Fed uh, speculates like, well, okay, here's the problem with negative interest rates, people don't like to lose money by putting it in the bank. So what we need to do is we need to find out, a, figure out a way to get rid of cash first, and then we can go to negative interest rates. Interesting. So, That's an interesting, interesting, uh, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense, actually. So, yeah, you don't want to cause the... Withdrawal of cash to be put under mattresses when you can use it for fractional reserve banking hundreds of times over. Exactly. Um, so you just got to find a way to lock it in. And so their ideas were, um, you know, really limiting uh, the amount you can withdraw from an ATM or making kind of mandatory fees that everyone would agree on as far as banks, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Watch out for that. The war on war on cash makes sense. Makes sense. I think the biggest the biggest threat to cash is Apple Pay, hmm. and I'm dead serious. People get used to that, and then from there it gets easier and easier and easier. Um, but yeah, I remember I told you I had an emergency where I left my wallet at home and I activated it on my phone. Mm-hmm. It, I've actually used it since. It's like, I don't want to, but sometimes it's like super easy to just wave a phone and then just be done and walk out. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's wildly convenient. Of course, I know the pitfalls of it and the, uh, the different risks that are going to be associated with using, you know, every, you know, people starting to use that. But I, I honestly believe it's kind of a, someone that's a little bit more connected digitally uh that is that's a that's the serious threat is the apple pay because people they get used to that and it's like oh yeah i just wait my phone in there and then they take the, the right amount of money and i'm good to go <laughs> yep and i can see it's i mean just doing it once because it like gives me the willies it's like this is a slippery slope right like it's just once you do it you know keep doing it but it, i'll be honest i don't even use I've tried to start using cash more because I've actually found it's harder to spend cash. I hold on to it more than if it's just like a, if I slide a card, I don't feel anything. But when I actually have to hand over paper, 
it actually like is harder for me to do and I tend to save more. <laughs> so yeah. but when you just can wave your phone over there, it's like, oh, it's by whatever, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's about all I got. Seahawks got the win. It was ugly. It was uh, very scary with Russell Wilson getting hurt, but... Well, fate took the dump on the Chargers as per usual. Yeah, that was... Uh... We're up 21-3. to Star <laughs> wide receiver gets injured. Proceed to quit running the ball and just throw it to not as good wide receivers. Lose the game in overtime, thirty-three to thirty. That yeah. is an, a a typical or thirty-three twenty-seven actually a very very typical Chargers collapse just to start the season. It's perfect. It's perfect. Also, college football. I know you're a Ducks fan. Here, the Huskies are actually doing good, which is exciting. As well as Oklahoma went ahead and blew it in the first game of the season. Although, <laughs> yes. although it does seem like Houston is an actual contender, but geez, yeah. guys. So that was. <laughs> what were they ranked? Like, they were ranked I told top you. Five. I told you there's nowhere to go. Yeah. I told yeah. you. I told you. The moment they were ranked three, it was the kiss, like, kiss of death. They were ranked three or four. I was like, oh, that's it. We're done. That's, there's no way. And I, I was worried that uh, the Huskies were ranked too high, and they still may be 14, and then now they're an eight. So. I think their coaches were worried they're ranked too high. Yes, and I agree with that. Now, you as an Oregon Duck fan have to just be licking your chops at the thought of coming in and ruining the Husky season instead of vice versa as it used to be, uh, you know, 10, 15 years ago. Um, are you referring to the last time Washington beat Oregon? When was that? Well, if you go to Twitter... Mm-hmm. And you go to the uh, Oregon Ducks Twitter page. Mm -hmm. They send a tweet to the Washington Huskies Twitter page every day with the number of days it's been. So it's an easy way to keep track. <laughs> so. <laughs> I did not know that this was actually a thing. I mean, that's, you know, my uh, my mother-in-law, <laughs> she, she occasionally likes to root for the Ducks, or she actually really likes rooting for the Ducks. She's a bit of a bandwagon per fan, but she's new to football, so who cares? But um, I can't find any tweets today. Oh, at U of A football. Two, no, that's a different one. Um, I told. Uh, let me find the the actual Twitter name here. Um, it's Go Ducks. Anyway, any real University of Washington Husky fan and, does ne never roots for the Oregon Ducks, no matter yeah, what the, the circumstance. Well, and vice versa. This goes back. Uh, Washington actually tried to keep Oregon out of a conference. Like they wanted to let some Idaho school in or something rather than Oregon. So it's been a, a, a very bitter rivalry. But um, some newer Oregon fans have, have kind of forgotten. Yes, and the same with Husky fans. Yeah. Same with Husky fans. Husky fans just think or And they, now Husky fans view Oregon as like that terrible team that comes in and ruins our hopes every year and, mm -hmm. and, and just beats us up or whatever. They don't know the... They, <laughs> 
Washington still won more games in the series than Oregon has, but yeah, yeah, but uh, but not in the last ten, five, ten years. Fifteen years, I think. Yeah, I think it's fifteen years. Uh, uh, let's see. Anyway, hopefully the Sooners can pull it out. And then again, Oklahoma State, I think, got some sort of strange juju. They went down to like some regular, you know, AAA college. Yes, on a, I guess it was a bogus play. Yeah, like a the last play of the season, <laughs> the last play of the game. So the half can't end on a finish a sentence on a defensive penalty. Exactly. Keyword being defensive. They actually kept this the whole the whole game going because the half they thought couldn't end on an offensive penalty, but it absolutely can. Um, so yeah, they got kind of kind of. Uh, Oh, here we go. Um, there we go. Tweet uh, one hour ago. Last time UWBEO, uh, 4,698 days. <laughs> That's awesome. It should be good this year. should be fun. I think it's in. Uh, it's here in Seattle, too, so it should be yeah. good. No, it's, in, it's at Oregon. Oh, it is? Yeah. Well, there you go. College football is back, ladies and gentlemen. Even more important and more exciting than the election. Oregon and uh, Oregon's not looking so good. No. But uh, Prukup uh, is a very accurate deep ball thrower. Um, and I think Brady Hoke is a good defensive coordinator. Yeah. So I think this year's going to be a little rough, but I mean. A little rough for Oregon will hopefully be like nine wins, right? Uh, but then if he if he starts getting his guys in there, watch out. So sweet, sweet. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. Then the Trailblazers looking good too. They're all stacked up with pretty much everybody they already had. But I'm a, I'm a buyer. I bought into Terry Stotts's ways. So that's still a ways out. We'll talk about that when the time comes. Until then. We got to so figure out if if Hillary Clinton we, has a body double. Which one of us is going to fly to Las Vegas to invest our life savings at Oregon, uh, or uh, that the Blazers top their expected number of wins? <laughs> it's like the the one sure bet in Las Vegas. There <laughs> is the expected number still pretty low. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be low this year. I don't know if it'll overcorrect or not, but I don't know. But what I do know is that uh, this election season is going to be interesting. It's annoying already, but interesting, hopefully. It, ter- it gets interesting as we head into the, the final little bit. And then my favorite part will be that it's over. And everybody can go back to being the exact same situation they've always been. <laughs> yeah. But, it, well, no, but, it, yeah, Okay. If Donald Trump gets elected, mm-hmm. we get the anti-war left back. That'd be cool. That would be cool. That'd be cool. We so, we had like friends there. Yeah, <laughs> we, did, we did. Yeah, we had friends. All of a sudden, you know, our views weren't so crazy. <laughs> when it comes down to it, my views are always to let the individual have the most possible rights. That's all. That's all. Yeah. I, that's all I have. You know, when it comes down to it, you want to, you know, you think I'm all over the map. I'm, I'm pro-life, but I'm anti this or anti-drugs or drugs, you know, against the drug war or whatever. When it comes down to it, 
I just want people to have rights. Everybody. Whether they're so black, my- brown, yellow, in another country that has oil on top of it. I just want people to have their rights. So I'm, I'm going to uh, rip off my words of wisdom for the week. Okay, I'm ready. Andrew Hoffman, words of wisdom, let's do it. Came from a random signboard in a restaurant in Texas. Perfect. And it said, uh, how about if we just don't have a president and everybody promises to be cool, real cool to each other? So. <laughs> I love it. Let's let's roll with that. <laughs> more, more or less. That's a paraphrase, but that's the idea. Wayne Gretzky. You take you miss every shot you don't take. Mike <laughs> Michael Scott. <laughs> I, I I don't get it, but there you go. You don't it's, get it? Did you watch The Office? Well, Oh, okay, because Michael Jordan said you miss every shot you don't take. Yeah. So Not Wayne Gretzky. My, but Michael Scott said the Wayne Gretzky version. That's the, that's the, that's the, that, that's the punchline. That's the joke. All right. <laughs> miss every shot you don't take. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Michael Scott. Or as Benjamin Franklin said, you can't trust every quote you see attributed on the internet. It's a valid point. It's a valid point. Aaron Burr said that uh, electronic voting machines would be the end of our society. And I, I think he was right. He was right. Prophetic. I, I think he was right. I think he was right. Forget about that duel. His main his main accomplishment was that prediction. <laughs> there is some uh meme going around like Abraham Lincoln's prophecy about this year's presidential election. And I haven't Does bothered it have to clicking do with blood on moons? it. I haven't even bothered <laughs> clicking on it. I don't know what it says. <laughs> Somebody tweeted at Rev Radio News. I woke up this morning, looked outside, blood moon. I was like, there's blood moons everywhere, man. You gotta watch out. <laughs> I don't think it could have been a blood moon today. He was joking. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> Come on, Andrew. Well, it's only it's only relevant if there is a blood moon no, out it's there. No, nah, there's blood moons everywhere. <laughs> I opened my refrigerator, you know, last night, late at night. Blood moon. It's like whoa, blood moon. moon. Yeah, watch you know, out. It's like it's a blood moon. You know what that means? Hillary Clinton must have collapsed in New York City. So it's the only it's the only thing I can think of. Oh, there was the crazy, uh, yeah, all sorts of crazy predictions. Oh yeah, and what did you say the uh, the other? Uh, Someone said about the Hillary Clinton and collapsing. That no politician could withstand the idea of ground zero and uh, all out collapse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, Scott Adams said election over Trump is running unopposed because people have 9-11 and Hillary collapsing tied together. <laughs> In the you know subconsciously or whatever in their minds, it, it's over, but it's not over because it might not be Hillary Clinton after all. Wow, that would be interesting. That would be interesting. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazingly distracting reality show. Not as good as football, but. Still pretty entertaining. A copy of this podcast, as well as links to each story covered, are available at revelationsradionews.com. 
To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the Contact tab or Support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-